This morning we continue in the book of Ruth uh, at chapter 2, which can be found on page 268 of the Church Bibles. That's Ruth chapter 2, page 268. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water, water jars the men have filled. At this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up, and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also bought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. 
Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the, until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. This is the word of the Lord. Pray, and then let's get going. Heavenly Father, we sang earlier about your goodness, how you care for us like a shepherd, whether we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, or whether things are going well. We pray that as we open up the scriptures together, you teach us what it is to walk in righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week, we started off our journey through the book of Ruth together, and we saw that it opens bleakly. So it takes place during the time of the judges, where God's people, they don't live for him, but instead they do as they see fit. They sin. Rather than drawing nearer to God, a yawning gap grows between him and the Israelites as they get invaded, they're conquered, um, they experience oppression and famines. But alongside that sort of zoomed out macro picture, um, we actually saw that the micro picture is no better either. Chapter one, it showed us that real mess in real people's lives. Ruth and Naomi, they experience loss, tragedy, death, destitution, hopelessness, despair, and bitterness. And as their lives spiral downwards, they feel the effects of sin and are victims of living in a sinful world. And it's against that black backdrop that Ruth and Naomi return to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest, which brings us to chapter 2. Have a look down again with me. Um, Now, in the first verse, we're introduced to Boaz, We'll come back to him later, though. But keep him at the back of your minds, because we'd be wrong to just skate over it. Um, The storyteller, they introduce him to us to create a question mark in our minds. I wonder why we're being introduced to this character. I wonder if he's going to be significant in the future. But for now, let's leave him to one side. It's time for the barley harvest. Village life would have been buzzing, The hum of activity, it would have filled the air. The harvesters would have been on their way. And so Ruth, she said to Naomi, I think I'm going to have a go at uh, picking up leftover grain in the fields. Now, of all the things that she might have said in the morning, uh, that may strike you as a little bit strange. 
but actually, the Old Testament law, it provided for people like Ruth and Naomi. God gave clear instructions. You can read them in, uh, if, if you want your homework, Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 24. Have a read of that later. Um, but he gave, God gave clear instructions that the harvester, they weren't to reap right into the corners of their fields. Um, when the harvesters went through, they weren't to go and take the crops uh, from all of the edges, nor were they to go through a second time and sort of sweep up what, what was missed and what was left over. The reason was that God had compassion on the poor and the needy, and so he commanded Israel to allow the poor and the needy to follow behind the harvesters and benefit from that leftover grain. Now, there's nothing glorious in this job that Ruth sets out to do. In modern times, it'd be a bit like saying to your mum, you know, I think I'll go out today and I'll spend the day uh, collecting the pound coins left behind in shopping trolleys. Um, And then when I collect enough, maybe we'll have enough to get something to eat for ourselves tonight. So do you see, it's, it's, it's not that sort of quaint, harvesty image that, that maybe sprung to mind for us at first. You know, oh, that seems like a nice idea. Um, you know, why, do, why don't we go out into the field this afternoon? It's easy to get out of Basingstoke. Um, and, uh, you know, we can just have a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of grain. Lovely. No, it's not like that at all. Um, but Ruth is putting herself in an environment that opens possibilities for further hurts and further danger than she's already experienced. After all, she's a foreigner, and by and large, people don't like foreigners. She puts herself in a place of physical harm, since she'll be in the company of all these men, and there's a real sense that they might try to take advantage of her. But it's not the what of what Ruth's doing that's noteworthy here. It's the how. She's going out to rely upon favor. Look again at verse 2 with me. Ruth says, Let me go into the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Ruth, she's teaching us by her attitude and by her actions that everything God gives any of us, every opportunity of obtaining what we need, is in itself undeserved mercy from the giver of every good and perfect gift. Everything that we enjoy is because God has provided it for us. So the fact that we have enough synovial fluid in our joints so that we're not paralyzed with arthritis, the fact there's enough fluid in our eyes um, to allow us to awaken to a new day and to look out on one another and the beauties of the day, The fact that we've been able to move ourselves here, the fact that we can walk, every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven. And Ruth says, I'm going to go out into this day, and I'm going to do my best. But I recognize that I'm not going to be able to walk into the community and say, hey, I'm Ruth. What do you have for me? I'm the Moabitess. Do you do anything for foreigners around here? No. She says... I'm going to go out into the fields and I'm going to see if I can't find favor in the eyes of someone. And so Naomi, presumably just looking on her daughter-in-law with affection, she says at the end of verse 2, go ahead, my daughter. 
And Naomi, she must have watched Ruth disappear up the streets, committed her to the care of God, and saw her hair bouncing on her shoulders as she went. I like Ruth, don't you? I really like Ruth. Because she's not sitting around waiting for some sort of miraculous intervention, is she? She's out looking for a job. That doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? I mean, if she was really spiritual, presumably she'd just be sitting somewhere waiting for God to intervene, you know? No, she's off her backside, and she's down the road, and she's going to find a job, uh, an opportunity to provide for herself and for her mother-in-law. She's hoping to find grace. She's hoping to find favor in somebody's eyes. I reckon Ruth, she would have been delighted to read um, Philippians 2, uh, wouldn't she? That, that verse, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That sounds like something you're supposed to do, doesn't it? For God, who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's not simply that we sit and we wait for the intervention of God. It's not that we run around leaving God behind either, but we get up and we do so in awareness that every benefit we enjoy, every milestone we hit, every good word we're able to speak is only by God's grace. And God's provision for Ruth, as you see in this chapter, it's actually totally undramatic when you think about what God can do. It's certainly not miraculous, is it? In fact, from one perspective, it almost looks like the whole thing happened by accident. The way it's written, it even suggests that it was an accident. Have a look at that little phrase in the middle of verse 3. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz. Why was she there? It just happened. <laughs> Ruth goes out into a place she doesn't know, into a jumbled patchwork of fields, and she just happens. She just happens to go into the field that is owned by, guess who? The guy we were introduced to in passing back in verse 1, a chap by the name of Boaz. And so what to Ruth, it was just sheer coincidence, um, was actually... Um, we understand, now looking on from the vantage point of, of history and having the revelation of God's word in front of us, we can understand it's not just an unplanned set of circumstances. It was actually part of God's gracious provision for her. And this isn't a small thing to understand. Um, I suspect that we all get this wrong in one of two ways, or perhaps a mixture of them. First, you get those of us who... Uh, who think that the sovereign purpose of God means that we're just sitting around and waiting for him to, you know, sort of pull some levers and, um, yeah, uh, like, we're, like we're a cork in the ocean, sort of bobbing along and, uh, you know, we're being tossed around in the sea without any control or any purpose of our own. On the other hand, others, others of us, we're sort of running around as if our whole future depends on ourselves. If I don't do this and I don't do that, then I won't be able to get this. Um, and so we're out, we're busting a gut, we're, we're trying to take care of everything. Do you see, both groups, they're, they're actually as crazy as each other, they're just on different sides of the coin. <laughs> no, we have a God who has the whole world in his hands, and who is, according to Ephesians 1 verse 11, working out 
working all things out according to the purpose of his will, because from him and to him and through him are all things. In other words, God is not ultimately concerned about your or my comforts. He's not ultimately concerned about the comfort of Ruth and Naomi, although graciously he provides it to to you and me and Ruth and Naomi. Um, No, what God's concerned about is that we all become what he desires us to be, and ultimately that we be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why even the bad times can be good. That's why even dark clouds are purposeful. So Ruth goes out, and she works in the field belonging to Boaz. And then the, Bo- uh, and then the boss shows up in verse 4, doesn't he? What happens when he comes? I think that we see Boaz is a nice boss. Because he shows up, and he says, Good morning, everybody. The Lord be with you. May God's presence and his favor satisfy your souls. That's not a bad boss. And they replied, look at the group, and may the Lord bless you. Hey, it's a great day, isn't it? Um, It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Uh, You know, you almost expect rainbows and baby lambs skipping, and oh, look, there's Barney the purple dinosaur as well. Um, And he says, the Lord be with you, and the Lord bless you, and you bless the Lord. It's just a wonderful time overall, isn't it? Um, Notice, though, that they're, they're not taking the name of the Lord in vain. They're not profaning it. They're recognizing that God is in everything. Okay, so maybe it's not quite as cartoonish as I just pointed out. Um, But this approach, this greeting on Boaz's part, I don't think it's formal or for show. I think it's casual and it's sincere. I don't think he got out his phone and he uh, set a reminder saying, you know, hey Siri, remind me at 7 a.m. Greet the harvesters with the usual, the Lord bless you. Um, You know, no, I don't think that's what it's like. He just said, hey guys, what a great day. Isn't it amazing that we have a harvest, that God is our provider, that we have the privilege of employment, that we have the opportunity to work together this way? May the Lord be with you. And they replied, may he be with you too. Boaz, he's a great bloke. We're going to see more of him as we go through this book. But, you know, he's clearly a good businessman. He's godly. He's charitable. And he's an upstanding member of his community. And so it's in this environment, with this sort of a guy, that then we get this lovely encounter uh, that's taking place. And what happens here between Boaz and Ruth is really fantastic. Because he takes her, and he introduces her to the group. He takes her, and he, you know, he shows her where the water cooler is in verse 9. He, he shows her around. Uh, you can get a drink from the water jars over here, he says. And she's so overwhelmed by it that she says, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? It's not that she's sitting and thinking, You know what? Hey, I've nailed this. Wait till I get back and I tell Naomi how smart I am, you know? Um, I chose the right field. Man, I'm good. And, you know, just look at me. Of course I'm good. No, every benefit, every blessing, every encouragement, and every point along the journey gets the same uh, response from Ruth. Do you remember? She said, Naomi, I think I'll go out and see if I can glean in someone's field 
in whose eyes I may find favor. Then she finds favor. She finds God's favor through the ordinary action of a godly man. And her response to that is the right one. Have a look at verse 10. She goes, wow. Why have I found such favor? The whole episode, it produces this this sense of wonder in Ruth. Why did I get such wonderful privilege as this? So actually, here in these these verses, you've you've got the summary of the whole thing, really. Uh, She says, let me go and find favor, verse 2. Verse 10, why have I found this favor? And then you get verse 13. May I continue to find favor? That's really it. I'm going to be in today, and I'm going to ask God for favor. And when I discover his favor, I'm going to say, why should I have discovered your favor? And then having discovered your favor, God, I want to discover more of your favor. And of course, it is a tremendous favor, a tremendous favor and provision that Ruth gets here. Uh, have a look again. Boaz gives an instruction in verse 15 to his men. He says, you know, e- even if she kind of messes up and gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Pull out some stalks for her from the bundles. Leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. And so Ruth, she goes gangbusters at it, doesn't she? She gleans in the field until, until the evening. Uh, she threshes the barley. She gathers it. She's got this huge, big sack, a uh, huge, big thing, an ephah, which, if your Bible's the same as mine, it has the helpful footnotes of saying that's three-fifths of a bushel. <laughs> Clear as mud, isn't it? Um, in fairness, it does also say it's about 22 litres. You know, even that's quite hard to picture, isn't it? Um, but, but the point is that it's this great big bundle of stuff, isn't it? All right? Um, you know, that's, it's not hard to see that that's the point that's being made. So you have Ruth, who went off in the morning with diddly squats, and she comes back with this huge, great thing. She's coming down the street. Naomi had watched her go, and now she's watching for her to come back. And so she puts the bundle down, and Ruth tells her, about, uh, tells her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she'd been working. Where did you glean to get today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And she told her, Boaz. And Naomi says, may the Lord bless him. Do you see how the blessings, they sort of come around? Uh, Boaz shows up at work and says to his workers, the Lord bless you. And they said, and the Lord bless you too. And so now you've got Boaz. He's going on with his evening somewhere else. And somewhere in a house far removed from him, an unknown widow is praying down the blessing of God upon him, that same man. And you see this, uh, this coming in here, uh, don't you? It's just this animated conversation um, you know, between these two ladies. It's so real, isn't it? You, you, you sort of get the sense. Ruth, she can't wait to explode with it all. Uh, Naomi, she's running around. She's getting the wine glasses. She's asking, do we need a box of tissues at the ready? Um, you know, she's yelling out as she's clattering about in the other room. Don't, don't keep going. Don't, stop. Wait till I'm back in the room. I don't want to miss a thing. Um, you know, basically, it's the end of the day, isn't it? It's uh, he said, she said, uh, it's she said, he said, what did you say? And what did, uh, what did he say? And uh, where did you go? And, you know, he took me to the water cooler. And how did that feel? And what did he say? And he said this, and she said that. And she says, actually, he said to me, uh, you can stay with the workers. And Naomi said to Ruth, it would be good for you, my daughter, 
to go with his girls. You notice that? To go with his girls, because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. Blessing after blessing after blessing has been poured out here. Nothing supernatural, though. It all looks totally ordinary. In fact, Naomi and Ruth's situation is it's almost as precarious as ever, because that harvest is it's not going to last forever, is it? Um, but don't worry, there's much more resolution to come in the last two chapters. Not least from the fact that Boaz is their kinsman redeemer. But more of that in future weeks. But can you feel just the, the sheer joy and the, I don't know, I guess wholesomeness of this story? Well, so what? Why do we need chapter 2? Because I reckon, uh, you know, reading through, there, there are a couple of contenders, but you, you could have the whole book of Ruth still make sense by just keeping one verse uh, out of the whole thing. So why has God given us the other 96%? It's because God, the provider of all good things, he wants us to know that's who he is. He wants us to live in light of his favor. He wants us to see that he works his purposes, even in the bleakest of times, through godly men and women, like Ruth and like Boaz. And of course, we see this most wonderfully and most fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, he's the man who lived the godly life. Jesus is the man who always glorified his Father and always gave thanks for his blessings. Jesus is the godly man through whom God works his purposes. And do you know what? The highest promise of being a Christian is this. You become God's child. And if you're a Christian, that means your life becomes Jesus-shaped. You, too, will learn to live faithfully for God. You, too, will learn to rely on God's favor. You, too, will trust God, even in the deepest mess and darkest times. So this is, that's our prayer for today, that we, like Ruth, would seek God's favor, marvel at his favor, and seek more of his favor, that we'd be, become conformed to that Jesus-shaped pattern of a life lived by grace. So how can we do this? Well, all sorts of ways, but I'm going to suggest a, a short, nine-word, simple prayer that we can pray in the morning as we get up, and it's this. Pay attention. Holy Spirit... What are we going to do today? Seek God's favor. Ask God to make you spiritually expectant and ambitious, because blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? Seek a heart that asks why you receive such favor from God. Ask God to help you feel thankful and in awe of the favor he shows us. Because it's right to give him thanks and praise. Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? Seek a heart that craves even more of God's favor. Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, story where you show us Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. Thank you for the beauty of it. Thank you that you show us what you're like through it, that you bless us in unfathomable ways. We pray that you'd help us to seek your favor and blessing and to respond rightly in awe and thanks when we find it and to crave even more. Please make us more like Jesus in that respect because he's the only one who's ever done this right. And so change us by your spirit, we pray. Amen.